Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. There has never been a more important time for executives to reevaluate their position in the marketplace and determine their future path to personal and professional success. No matter what your position in an organization, you can't be successful without loving what you do and being recognized for who you are. Now more than ever, it is time to embrace change, take risks, and disrupt yourself. Or, as my guest today would say, be bold, be brilliant, be you. I am joined today by Katrina McKee, the Executive Vice President of Marketing Communications for the American Heart Association. Katrina is a world-renowned brand strategist, innovator, success coach, noted speaker, and the author of two books, Loving on Me, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Mess to Message, and Be Bold, Be Brilliant, Be You, Lessons from the C-Suite to Accelerate Your Career. During the show, Katrina will discuss her non-traditional career path, as well as share ideas on how women, and even men, can understand who they are, what they want, what they can uniquely contribute, and how to realize a dream life once felt to be unachievable. So welcome to the show, Katrina. As you know, I first heard you on one of Gary Vanderchuk's podcasts a couple months ago. Your story was so inspirational and your passion was at such a high level. I actually pulled off the road to listen more intently and immediately sent you a, a link to LinkedIn to say, I want you to be on my show. You have had an amazing career. After a few stops out of college at various corporations, you actually began your not-for-profit career where you are today, I believe, at the American Heart Association. But your career path has been anything but linear. Uh, you've had more than two decades of global marketing experience, building brands for world-class social purpose organizations like Susan G. Coleman for The Cure. But you've also been a success coach and advisor to executives on career development and how to make an impact on underserved communities, women, children, minorities. Can you tell us a bit about your journey and what has inspired and motivated you over the past couple of decades? Let me first start off by saying thank you for having me. It's always so fun to chat with dynamic, passionate people who, like me, really want to pour positive things in the world and, and help people be and become the best version of themselves. I have lived my whole life by listening to the whispers of the Spirit. And so this notion that you have to do things by 20, 30, 40 never really resonated for me. You know, I'm always in the moment. What is the most that I can do right now to make a difference? And for me, that's been a career that has spanned for profit. I started out in oil and gas. It was the good old boys club and went to marketing at agencies. I did sports marketing for a while. I got to support Emmett Smith right after back-to-back -back Super Bowls, which was awesome. Uh, and then I found cause marketing where I could align my love for business and marketing and really understanding human behavior and what drives change with making a broader difference in the world. And I have gone in and out of that as a career for my entire life. And interspersed between there, I've also owned an online retail business. When they first started, I had a business called Anubian World that sold African-American gifts, collectibles, and home decor, which started just as, I want to find a Black Santa Claus. Like, I really want a Santa that looks like me. <laughs> and that led to a business, right? You know, it's the things that you find missing in the marketplace that sometimes make the best business decisions. And so it's been a fun journey. And I tell people all the time, 
stop trying to climb the corporate ladder, kick that sucker over and start swinging from the ropes, you know, pursue the thing that interests you, where you feel like your greatest desires align with the gifts you've been given and the strengths you've developed, because that's really where you'll achieve greatness. It's funny you said, you know, there's no direct path or there's nothing that's defined what you have to be at 20, 30, 40. You have to go another couple decades for me. I uh, transformed myself 10 years ago when I went from selling to the banking industry to actually being part of a media company and building content and then moving on to doing webinars and buying a research company and then doing podcasts. So, you know, it's interesting. So from your perspective, as you've made a lot of major shifts in your career, but but not ones that would necessarily be stepping stone type shifts, those are all really bold moves. What goes in decisions like that for you and what do you evaluate? But But more importantly, How do you get the guts to go to that next step? (laughs) You know, it's really funny because I never really step back and think about, does it take the guts to move to this next step? I really focus on what is being said to me right now in the moment. The other thing I've done is learned who I am and what I contribute that is of value to the world really well. And I think that's the step most people miss. And in my latest book, Be Bold, Be Brilliant, Be You, I talk about finding your space for greatness. It's where you take the gifts that you've been given, those strengths that have really um, shown themselves, even when manifest differently throughout your life, and marry them with the skills that you have honed over time. You know, just because you speak really well doesn't make you a great speaker. That is a developed skill. That is something that you work at and you practice. You marry that with your honest desires. And I'm telling you, this is where people trip up. You ask the question, what do you want? And the first thing is, I don't know. And the truth is, most people kind of know what they want. They're just afraid to say it, or they're afraid to speak it out louder. They don't think it's possible. And um, they take themselves out of the consideration set. So I usually, when I'm coaching, sit people down and help them have an honest conversation with themselves about what they really want, and then say, okay, what are you willing to do to go get it? And that's my framework all the time, because I always want to operate in the center of those things. That's not necessarily a position. That's not necessarily an industry, but it is a place where I am being honest with myself about what I bring to the table. So I always know my value and what I want and how to marry those two best together. In both your books, you provide insights into what it takes to follow your passion and commit to your purpose that is often overlooked, something that you may not even evaluate or even understand yourself. Have you always been somebody that looks within for guidance? I think I've always been curious. I have always wanted to figure out a mystery or understand why people are doing the things they're doing the way they are. I've always been a person who loves storytellers. I love master storytellers. And what I later came to understand is there is a science behind all of those. There's a reason movies make blockbusters. There's a formula to telling a good story. And so when you understand the science behind the thing, when you understand human behavior, behavior and what drives it, why you smell popcorn when you walk into the movie theater and that drives you to the concession stand and all the things that really impact our behaviors and trigger us to certain actions, it becomes a little easier to apply that to your own life, to really be introspective. What I have learned over time, because like you, I got to add a couple of decades to those 40s to really look at the breadth of my life, is that internal transformation always happens before external 
manifestation. That's why there's so much theory around change and why it starts with your thoughts and what you pour into yourself becomes what you deliver out. So I'm very much a believer of that now, but I would say that that is through my curiosity that I have discovered what works. In the interview with Gary Vee, you emphasize that COVID may have created the greatest opportunity of a lifetime for people, especially women. Can you explain that a little bit? Oh my gosh, COVID is like the life interrupted moment of this century. The only thing I can liken it to that people really understand just a microcosm of what's happening to us is 9-11. 9-11 was awful and tragic and shifted the way we move about, the way we travel. There are things about life that will never be the same post 9-11. Young people don't know that because they didn't travel before 9-11. But if you did, you understand the cataclysmic changes that happened in our nation around security, air travel, heck, all kinds of travel. The same thing is happening us now, but it's happening in the workplace, especially for women. I mean, for decades, women have worked hard to build professional careers, worked hard to establish that we can have it all, that we can be moms, that we can be professionals, we can be community activists and still be whole people. You know, that is the singular goal. I want to have it all. I want to do all that I'm here to do. And now, Many of us are at home. We're with these kids that we haven't spent, but maybe four hours a day with their whole lives. And we're like, oh my good God, who is this human being in my house? While at the same time I'm on Zoom, my dog is barking, my child needs help with work, my spouse or my partner or whomever, maybe an essential worker may have delegated this to me, or maybe we're even sharing it. But it is this overwhelming sense of everything in your life changing at one time. And, you know, what I've coached, even my own team members to say, the only thing you can do is stop and hit the reset button. No, you can't work eight hours in a row when you have a four and six-year-old running around the house. No, you can't be present on a Zoom call while everything in your house is chaos and you be on screen perfectly coiffed with your makeup on and all that. The only way you're going to show up professionally is to say, you know what, between two and four, I'm unavailable. I am present with my child while he does his homework. You know what? I no longer can take calls before 11 a.m., but I will get that done today. It just requires us to get in the driver's seat of our life, which is central to everything that I teach, is that even when you can't change the circumstances, you still have a choice. And so I think how we approach work, how many hours we invest every day, the hours that we work, the location you have to be in, all of that will look different on the other side of this. If you're somebody who's not satisfied with their job, should they try to reboot their current career, reevaluate alternatives, or restart their engines, or maybe a combination of all three? It's interesting. I think it depends on the situation you're in. And in Be Bold, I actually have an analysis that will walk you through what the next best step is. Because the truth is, listen, the only decision you can make right now is what is my next best step? Is this an of the moment issue? Meaning I am unhappy with my career today because I am in a state of change and transformation. Is that the time to leave? Maybe, maybe not. Perhaps the situation is for you to get control of your priorities and to dictate what your schedule will look like, if that's a possibility for you. Or if it's the culture that you're in, if it's the work you're doing, if it's something else, 
to look for a new opportunity. Everybody's not going to have the same answer because it really depends on what is causing the angst. Now, listen, if you were unhappy before COVID and you've been unhappy for the last 10 years, yeah, it's time to look for something different because you should do what you love or do something different. But if it is because of COVID, you have to decide, do I have the ability to create a structure so that I can support my priorities? Or do I need to find something that better aligns with the circumstances I have in this season? So in your most recent book, Be Bold, Be Brilliant for You, an underlying theme is for women to establish their voice, build a personal brand, and to avoid complacency. Is a lot of what happens sometimes just because a person doesn't show their skills or is more complacent about showing that they can contribute greatly? I don't know if I would use the word complacency because I find most people that really get to a point where they want to be better in their career, complacency is not the problem. There might be a misalignment with your skill set and the core responsibilities of what you're tasked to do. There might be an incongruence or some vagueness about the expectations, goals, roles. We might not be operating with a cycle of accountability, but complacency for me rarely is the issue. If you really want to test this out, here's what I would say. Get to know what you're good at, your strengths, skills, desires, your willingness to do. Find your space for greatness. The second thing is be clear about who you are authentically, because anytime we are working in a place that is inconsistent with our core values, there's a misalignment of goals or vision. You know, people buy into a vision that becomes problematic for us. And then determine how you're going to show up as your best self, which may change in the context of COVID. And that's okay, because when you know who you are, you're delivering on your value, then it gives you a lot of flexibility with the last part. Obviously, those recommendations are not just for women. They're exactly the same for men. But overall, as far as executives, what's the biggest challenge that you believe executives face in their careers? Well, I will say if you're a leader, the biggest challenge is establishing a vision for you and your team. You know, your organization has a vision, but rarely do we step back and say, for the people I lead, what is the vision for us showing up as our highest and best self? Because people are inspired by the vision, but they're equipped with the plan. Very often we skip over the vision and get directly to the plan and people like, okay, but what are we ultimately trying to achieve becomes their question. And so there is a lack of motivation around the plan because they haven't into a vision. For executives, it is their career happening to them instead of proactively getting in the driver's seat. Developing mentoring relationships is a big thing. We under-invest in our relationships and our career. And the truth is 99% of what happens to you happens behind the closed door. So it's interesting. You talk about leadership and culture, which we do a lot of research in the banking industry, and that is the underlying missed opportunity at most organizations. They think a lot of the transformation that goes on is a checklist when really it starts at the top. And just by taking something off the checklist doesn't get it achieved unless the whole organization behind it. How does someone become unstuck? 
<laughs> you know what? I find a lot of people running around inside their head without adult supervision. You know what I mean? <laughs> we ruminate instead of reflect on things. And we find ourselves stuck in a circular pattern of thinking where we're feeding our own fears and insecurities. And, you know, we have made up a whole world in our head that may or may not align with the reality we face. And so I think a couple of practical things. Number one, everybody needs a mentor from the time you start work until the time you retire and even beyond if you want to really do some hobbies you need somebody who can give you a perspective or a pathway but we fail to realize that mentorship is rooted in relationship the best mentors know you as a person they know about you and your career they understand the situation in which you operate or the industry in which you operate so really building strong mentoring relationships i think is key the other thing is if you really feel stuck you probably should get a coach because while a mentor can give you a perspective a coach can put you on a pathway they can stop the ruminating and reflection by asking you very direct and pointed questions that help you figure out your next best step. The other thing is, just on a practical level, so many of us are still living up or down to labels that were placed on us or expectations placed on us as children. And I think we really have to step back and say, what do I want to do with this life I've been given? What do I want to achieve? What are my passions and things that really interest me? And then be intentional about taking steps to move you closer to that. So for you personally, you've made some change in your life. Some of them, as I said, were non-traditional to say the least. How did you determine it was time to move to your next challenge? Was it the pull of something better or the push from something that had become less satisfying that you're currently in? I think I've done a combination of both. You know, I started out in accounting and oil and gas. I love it. And I found value in the work, but it wasn't like, oh, yes, I want to do this. I want to go and be an accountant all day. Yeah, that wasn't for me. I missed people. I missed some things that I knew about myself as a young person, but I had decided that that wasn't going to be a good career move because of how much money I would make. So I went back to graduate school and then started out as an intern, a grown-up intern working for free to get experience in marketing because I said, I want to be happy and fulfilled in my career. And I think, you know, for people to truly make change, they have to get to the point where they say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. They either say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want something better. And either one of those motivations work. Just remember, unless you are being abused, the house is on fire, or it's about to fall down, you don't want to run away from something. You want to run toward it, toward the next thing. It's interesting because it's hard to do that. And sometimes it takes a major change in your life to realize, I didn't die from this. You know, I, I use the expression quite often, you know, if it doesn't die, it makes you stronger. But from a career point of view, that's an important aspect because a lot of people just try to avoid risk. What made it so that you actually embraced change and took risks? You know, I think part of that was my temperament. Part of it was experience. Part of it was just when I first started my career, we had a cohort that came in together in the oil and gas. And six months after I started, the oil and gas industry went bust and they laid off every single person that trained us. And what I learned very early on was that your career is a journey. 
you don't get to a place and sit there. I know it used to be like that when people would go work at a place, they would spend their whole life there. But for some time, it really has not necessarily been an option for us in many industries. And so I think for me, it's set up very early on that I'm not probably going to do this forever. I'm going to continue to grow and evolve and figure out what's next on my journey. Was it scary? Yes, it was absolutely scary sometimes, but I did it anyway because I wanted more than what I had. So it's interesting because it sounds like what you're saying is not just as your career journey, but you really embraced the concept of lifelong learning, both book learning and non-traditional learning as you're going along. You never stop learning, do you? Absolutely. And you know what? That's a really good point because I coach a lot of people that are 20 years into their career and they suddenly get laid off and they've done the same thing the whole time. And technology has continued to shift the way things are done. So they're often replaced by people who have a skill set that is completely different than the one that they have cultivated. And my heart always breaks for them because I know that we have to level up their skill set to take them to the next place on their journey. It would be so much simpler while we're employed to continue to be students of the game. You know, I tell people, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, regardless of what it is you do in whatever industry, whether it's banking or whether it's sports or whether it's marketing or whatever, be a continuous learner because you never know when a new opportunity may emerge. I'm not talking about getting laid off, but a whole new division be set up, an innovation lab, something that incubates new ideas, and you want to be ready to take advantage of that. You joined the American Heart Association in February. Looking back, many would consider this timing to possibly be the worst given the need to work remotely as you're hoping to become known in the organization, to know others, to work with your teams, to move a message throughout your organization. How did you adjust to that? was craziness. What is an adjustment? I mean, listen, you start a new job, you're supposed to have 60 or 90 days of onboarding. And then, you know, you go into trying to really figure out how you can have a quick win. And I have this team of a couple hundred people. I didn't have any of that. What I had is jump into the deep end and swim to the other side of the ocean. Like I'm still somewhere in the ocean trying to hold on to a buoy. But, you know, one of the leaders in our organization, I said, I really want to level out the team. This was about three, four months in. We had gone through a reduction in force. And I said, I'm looking forward to giving them some stability. And she said, you're better served teaching them how to manage change because this next two years around the world, that's what we're going to experience. And, you know, I really stepped back and said, you're right. We have to become masters of change management because the world is evolving at a rapid pace now. I mean, just think about all the things that we have in our country, the pandemic, the recession, racial tension, the election, the flu season is about to come up. Everything is confounded at one time. And winter. And winter. Yes. (laughs) When you automatically hibernate, right? And so it's even more isolating. And so to really become comfortable with the uncomfortable is where I think that we all have to rest. And it's what I've been doing personally in my career while trying to rapidly learn, assess, and depend on the people who are already there that can surround me with the knowledge and context I need to move forward. Well, that's interesting because you actually, it wasn't just joining a new organization. You had to mentally make it a conscious effort to unlearn some of the things you remembered during your first stint with the organization because 
you had to assume that an old viewpoint would not work to your advantage. That's absolutely right. I mean, because not only had I evolved, but they too had evolved. And so to step back and say, how can I take what I've learned as the foundation and be open to expanding my mind about how we think about and move forward in other areas has really been a fun challenge for me. A lot of work, but you know, a lot of good energy in trying to create that next normal for us. So the recent multiple pandemics has brought a renewed awareness to the seemingly disconnected elements of our daily personal life and our careers, sometimes being done at the same time in the same space. How should people seek to achieve balance? And what does balance look like to Katrina? There's no such thing as work-life balance. I know that will terrify some people and liberate others. <laughs> we can, however, be a balanced person if we live according to our priorities. I mean, for me, that means getting in the driver's seat determining what my priorities are for this season and what my can do is, meaning what can I do now? Because often we get paralyzed, we're overwhelmed by the things that are on our to-do list. I start my day every day with what is my can do? What is the one thing that I'm going to try to achieve today? I may have 20 things on my list, but if I can get to that one thing, prioritize that one thing, then it feels like a successful day. I also cultivate selective ignorance because listen, if we embrace a 24-hour news cycle and we are constantly besieged by the negative, we will never find a positive pathway. And so I think it's very important, even if you've never practiced meditation or mindfulness, or you think that's woo-woo or juju or whatever, that you find a way to process stress, to give yourself, feed yourself positive energy each day, and to know when you need a joy break, like when you need five minutes just to go walk out in the sunshine or go play with your kids. Or for me, I'll go walk my dog just to recenter and reset. So how has the message at the American Heart Association changed the brand message as a result of COVID? What have you needed to do as an organization and you as a person to really react to what's going on around you? A couple of things. Number one, I focused the team on meet the moment solutions, not to just push content out or to be intent on what we want to say to people, but what do they need in this moment? What do Americans need right now? We talk about blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, stroke, heart disease. All those things are important. And I think the content is much needed, but what they really feel is overwhelmed. They don't know how to process what's happening to them all at once. And so we try to meet them in that confusion and chaos and give them a path forward. They need to know how to manage their diseases and conditions while you can't go to the doctor. We need to answer the question of basic things like, what is the truth about COVID? Should I get a flu vaccine? So I'm trying to be very of the moment, which from a marketing perspective, I have to tell you, is how we like to say we operate. But the truth is, we have a campaign and it's going to roll out and it's about this and that. And I'm like on a week to week plan because for a person's health, it's so important that I talk about right now. To the extent that I can join the conversation happening in your head, stop the rumination and give you a path forward. That's what we're about. Well, it's interesting because not only has a message had to change, but consumers have changed the way they consume messages in the last six months. It's amazing, not just going to digital, but people, because of being at home, because of looking at the ways other organizations interact and engage with consumers, 
we've really had to change the channels we use and the ways we engage. Is that true at American Heart Association as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, we're an organization that was heavily dependent upon events. And so our marketing mix included experiential events, included celebrations, and digital was an add-on. It was something we did on top of because we like to see you, feel you, touch you, hug you. I mean, we're just a very in-person and warm brand. And so in a matter of months, we've had to figure out how to engage the general public, in particular women and patients, et cetera, through a multitude of mediums, not only social media, but also shows. We've stood up new television shows, how to use email differently, how to break through the clutter with simplified messaging. I mean, this is a journey. It's getting better and better because the more we put out there, the more people respond, the better we understand what they need. It's funny because listening to you, some people would say you landed in a landmine I think you view this completely different as the opportunity of a lifetime, just in all the challenges that you would have never had, hadn't bid for the crisis we're in. So it's very interesting that way. But, you know, much of what has occurred in the past several months has challenged our individual and corporate thinking around purpose and the ability to transform our organizations as well as ourselves. Do you believe the awareness, the self-awareness as well as corporate self-awareness will result in vastly different career and lifetime paths going forward? Yes, I believe that when people come out of the pandemic, that how they view life, their priorities, things they thought had to exist the way they do will be dramatically different. And I think we'll be better for it. If we use this opportunity where we are forced in some respects to pay more attention to the people we live with, to the people we love, to our children, to those who need us most, then we can start to operate differently in terms of how we engage as human beings. If we use the time we've been given to say, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? I think there are going to be some major career shifts. I think some of that is by default because we have such high unemployment right now, but others will be by choice. And the reality is there are lots and lots and lots of people hiring right now. And so while you may not be able to get a job in what you used to do, that doesn't mean that you can't use your gifts and talents to get some other things done. And I think that will be highly liberating for folks. And very last question, you know, we're in September now, if we were to look back to March, I don't think in March we thought we'd be where we are today in September. A lot has happened and a lot of it hasn't been necessarily good, but let's look forward to next March, you know, six months from now, we'll probably, a lot of us be in somewhat the same situation. What recommendation do you give to people who listen to this show on how to take this time, these next six months and make the most of it? Gosh, I'm so glad you've asked me that. I've been thinking about this nonstop on Instagram. I do a turn up Tuesday and I'm laying out a whole series about this. Let me first just say we have to change the way we view the situation. Stop saying I can't wait for 2020 to be over and instead train yourself to say, I'm going to make the best out of the rest of this year. There are a lot of awful things that happen in 2020 and it keeps giving us new gifts each week of things to be concerned about or to be sad about or to be just torn up about. And yet every challenge is an opportunity. And so if you make up your mind that you are going to make the best of the time you have to really treasure each moment, because sadly hundreds of thousands of people do not 
have this opportunity, then you will start to see life differently. You will start to see opportunities emerge that you hadn't noticed before. You will find ways to give back during the holidays to those that are less fortunate. You will find ways to give value to the world in things that you haven't considered. So that's the first thing. Change your mindset. This is a challenge and an opportunity. The second thing is pick something you want to be better at. Just one thing. It doesn't have to be work-related. It could be gardening. It could be painting. It could be whatever. But just pick something to expand your mind. Now, that might mean read a book. That might mean take one of the millions of free online courses. That may mean working at a thing that you love, but you've never really taken the time to develop it. And I know many of you are wondering, where do you get the time? Take away one hour a week of TV. If you change where you're investing your energy, the outputs will be dramatically different and the outcomes are probably something you haven't even imagined. The third thing I would say is just to prioritize people. You know, as we look at the anxiety and depression rates going up across the country, around the world, really, it's important that we connect and support and love on each other. And I know that is random from a career advice perspective, but our entire life is rooted in relationships. So if you're a people leader, perhaps it means starting with how's everybody doing, making sure sure that everybody on your team has a connection to somebody through a phone call, a connection or something. If you're a team leader, maybe it means, you know what, we're going to end two hours early today, or we're going to have no meeting Fridays because everybody is overwhelmed. Look for ways to help your team, empower your team to add balance on the journey, because it really is true that we are all in this together. We need each other to survive, and it's going to take all of us working in concert to create a next normal that allows all of us to thrive. Wow. (laughs) Katrina, I thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show today. As much as I remember the discussion you had with Gary, I will tell you that you bring it all the time. This discussion with you could go on for hours with me. I will promise you, you'll be welcome to come back because I really would love to keep this discussion going. And if nothing else, get the motivation to a point where people understand that it's not the end of the world, that there are bright spots. They may be smaller than a lot of the dark clouds, but if you're looking for the bright spots, you'll find them. Yep. You won't be overwhelmed by the challenges. That's right. And you know, I guess the last thing I'll leave, I know you asked me for the last thing, but the super last thing is if you really feel like that you are struggling, you are drowning, you need help, you feel isolated, you feel alone, please reach out for help. We don't say that often enough. Sometimes when we're suffering with depression and anxiety, we view it as a stigma to reach out for help, but there is no shame in reaching out to get the help you need to develop the skill set to cope with the season because it's really all about the skills, right? Learning how to speak to yourself, learning how to reframe your perspective, learning how to just take the next step. So if you're feeling that overwhelmed, if you're that mom I described that has everything happening at her house at one time, or if you're somebody that is socially isolated at work, if you're a single person and you are not getting the normal engagement, or if you're a person that really needs other people just to feed off their energy, please reach out for help. Don't suffer alone. We really can all move through this together. Nothing can be stronger. And I will also tell people, this is an unpaid endorsement, but if you have time, Katrina's written two great books. They're not hard reads. They're a page turner. They, you, you really want to continue them. 
the two books are Loving on Me, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Mess to Message, and Be Bold, Be Brilliant, Be You, Lessons from the C-Suite to Accelerate Your Career. They're really life lessons, and especially at this time when a lot of people are confused, are a little bit disjointed in what's going on around them. I will say that to start your process, grab these two books because they're really, really inspirational and motivational in, in the message. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you for being on the show today. I don't know if it gets better than that. From a motivational, inspirational, and directional perspective, if you're looking to say, I need that push to go to where I need to go instead of being where I am today or to improve myself, Katrina just gave it to you. I have been looking forward to that interview for quite some time. And in fact, I've even reached out to friends saying, wait to hear my interview with Katrina without even knowing how it was actually going to go, but knowing who Katrina was. I'll tell you what, do pick up the books. They're a great message, but also if you're stuck, if you're challenged, if you're depressed, please reach out to others because now is the time not to hold it inside. We're all feeling it. But again, as Katrina said, if you're feeling that, don't go about it alone. Thanks for listening to Banking Transformed, rated as a top five banking podcast. I genuinely appreciate the support you have provided since we started this endeavor. If you enjoy what we are doing, please be sure to subscribe to Banking Transformed on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take a few seconds to show some love in the form of a review. It means the world to us. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we are doing on digital transformation, retail banking innovation, the digital customer experience, and financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Sean Rowe Hoffman. I'm your host, Jim Bruce. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.